Imagine the brightest thing in the universe. The most luminous known object in the universe, 500 trillion times brighter than our sun, is actually produced by a rather snappily named quasar named J0529-4351. And new research released today shows that its brightness is powered by a supermassive black hole. This one is an absolute monster of a black hole. It's the fastest growing black hole ever recorded. Nothing to worry about, I'm sure. And it's uh, got a ferocious appetite, devouring the equivalent of one sun every day. Lead author of this research, Associate Professor Christian Wolf from the Australian National University joins me now. How significant is this discovery and what does it mean for astronomy and for astrophysics? So for us, the surprise is that this object really exists, that it is possible in nature. Uh, incidentally, five years ago, we've discovered previously a fastest growing black hole. And we thought, wow, that's such a record hole that will never be beaten again. But this new one is two times brighter and it has a two times larger appetite. So it just shows us what's possible out there in nature. And what my research group is doing, we are trying to collect a whole population of these, the hundreds of brightest black holes, in order to understand overall how they evolve with time, where they even came from. This might sound like a stupid question, but how did you find it? Oh, yeah, now it's been hard for many decades to find these types of objects. Uh, the first fast-growing black hole or quasar was actually found 60 years ago because uh, a radio signal was picked up with the Parkes telescope in Australia and it was pinpointed to what looked like a random star in the sky. And then only later when that star was studied in more detail, it was realized, oh my goodness, it's a distant growing black hole. Um, so that already kind of tells you the, the quasars, they look like stars in the sky. You take a picture of the sky and, and you get lots and lots and lots of dots. You can't tell what's what. Most of them, in fact, are stars in our Milky Way galaxy. And then some of them, very few of them, are actually something else like this. Now, we used very new information from space missions from an ESA satellite observatory and a NASA observatory that we're measuring the motions of the stars in our Milky Way. Now, we're not interested in the Milky Way, but everything that moves in the sky is a star in our Milky Way. So we could, in this needle of haystack problem, basically we could remove the haystack and then we were left with the needles and those were the ones that we were after. This has only become possible just quite recently to find these very extreme objects. I just want to get more of a sense of where in the universe it is, because I know that we're located on one of the spiral arms of the Milky Way. Uh, I know that we're right. about two thirds of the way out from the center of our galaxy. And mm -hmm. I, I know that, you know, we're part of a group of eight planets, but where in relation to our galaxy is this black hole? Yes. So we know billions, literally billions of galaxies in the universe. And this black hole lives in a galaxy of its own and, and completely outshines it. You can't even see the galaxy if you try because it's many thousand times fainter than, than the black hole itself is uh, with all the heat that's released in that growth process. So we see it uh, 
in 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 an earlier time because the the light has traveled for 12 billion years before it has reached us so we see it at a great distance there's many many other galaxies in between millions of them literally um but we also see it in the past and that's that's an that that's another important point because when we look particularly for these fast growing black holes we find them 10 11 12 billion years away or with such long look back time. We don't see them anymore when we look into the nearby universe where things may only be 1 billion light years away or two or three. Uh, it see, we still see the black holes, but the giant monsters all seem to be sleeping at the centers of their galaxies and not feeding anymore. <laughs> uh, I wonder if 12 billion light years away is a safe enough distance, notwithstanding the past and the future that you just described. Uh, definitely a safe enough distance. And the universe is expanding. So there's even a risk that a few billion years from now, this object will have moved out of sight from the perspective of Earth. So good time we were here now to capture it. I get the feeling that you look up into the heavens and sort of see a dark fairy tale. Why do you love searching for black holes so 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 passionately? So personally, I think I started this during my own PhD that I did a quarter century ago back in Germany in fact. And and it just happened so that I seemed to be good at finding black holes that other people had not been finding before. And 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 I think that's part of making it fun when you realize actually I'm good at something like when you're a better tennis player than all your neighbors, you just go and practice more tennis because it, it just gives you a kick. And and indeed, it is the case that by chasing these things, uh, I, I really get some fun out of this as well because I, I do feel like a kid again on a treasure hunt. And nature is not making it easy for us to, to find things or to learn anything about how the universe works. I mean, this is often very hard work. And for a long time, you might have no success because you're just trying the wrong tricks. Um, and when something like this happens, then there is just this cheeky joy. I've stolen a secret from nature. <laughs> Look at that. Can I repeat it? Not sure. Yes, the inner child, uh, what better inspiration is there? And the, it would be remiss of me not to mention that you had some help from uh, European scientists working in Chile. Uh, of course, uh, when the rest of the world seems to be at odds, the astrophysics and astronomy communities always seem to be collaborating closely, don't they? Uh, absolutely. We also collaborate with Chinese friends, with American friends, Chileans, the Europeans. I mean, scientists try and go beyond the conflicts that we have on Earth because they are actually driven with 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 their pursuit of of the secrets of space and the universe. Um, and that, and that looks much more exciting than than the quarrels we have on Earth. Of course, the latter are often more important for the practical lives we live. But you need something that transcends the life down here and that keeps you going on these journeys that are that, that are often frustrating. Right? Today it's not frustrating. Today we're having a great day, but there have been many frustrating days before this one. Such a pleasure to talk to you. You'll have to come back and, uh, well, uh, it doesn't matter really what you talk about. I'd love just to, to hear the childlike wonder in your voice Thank when you, you talk about it. Associate Professor mm. Christian Wolf from the ANU, good to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.